This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. Hey there, welcome to the Open to Alchemy podcast. I am your host, Lauren, and I cannot wait for you to hear this incredible conversation with my guest, Corinne Crawford, who is a wellness astrologer. It is so incredible. Her business is called Astrofem, and we chat all about astrology and our sun and our moon and our rising and so many interesting topics and business. And Corinne is able to take these concepts and just explain them in such a beautiful, easy to understand way. I know you are going to love this episode as much as I did. So here it is. Do you mm-hmm. think that there are certain signs that are more, I don't want to say equipped, but that mm. naturally flow with business or attract business? Is that something that we can see in the stars? For sure. It's actually being highlighted right now. Happy eclipse. Happy Yes, lunar I eclipse. know. Tell us all about what's happening right now because this is. We're recording this Friday. This is coming out on Tuesday. So we're going to be fresh in it. Yeah. Yeah. So happy full full moon. Also, this is the blood lunar, the the blood moon. Okay. Okay. Really intense because we're dealing with Scorpio and Taurus energies. And so in astrology, we're always dealing with polarities So it's almost like there's only six signs because each sign's opposing sign is like, you can't have one without the other pretty much. Oh, I never knew that before. Okay. Tell me more how that works. Yeah. So they're called sister signs. So Taurus and Scorpio directly opposite each other on the Zodiac wheel, um, And if you think about when in the year they appear, it kind of becomes more obvious why they are so different. Like Taurus is right now, right? Everything is budding, beautiful, like emerging. We're coming out of our hibernation. We're happy spirits are getting higher versus fast forward to the end of October. Right. (laughs) You know, everything's sort of decaying and, um, going inward, going underground, it's getting darker. Yeah. It's like witchy, like that, all those like sort of more mysterious vibes. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, interesting. And do you look at your sign that way? Or is this like for the collective what's happening? Do you mean, do I look at my sign with the opposition? Yes. Yeah. Like, so mm. if I'm Sagittarius, would I then look at, for me, it would be whatever's after Taurus? So yeah, Gemini season, the season coming up, that's going to be your direct opposite. Oh. So I would use this as like 
first of all, as a grounding tool. Mm -hmm. So one of my teachers who I adore, she's based in LA. Her name is Gay Nelson. Um, she taught me this trick that in your, in your chart, you have your son, right? But then directly opposite it, what we're talking about is your earth placement. And no one talks about this. I've never heard this. I've never been taught this except for through her uh -huh. because it doesn't show up on the charts. You know, I don't, I don't know where she got it, but I trust her with my life. Right, so. Yeah. <laughs> So you have your earth placement and the whole idea with that is that is what that energy brings you down to earth. It grounds you. So for you in this next Gemini season, it might be interesting to experiment with like, you know, it, is this Gemini energy grounding to you, you know, maybe reflect on it yeah. or just turn your attention there. Um, like, you know, I'm in Aries. And so my opposite is Libra. So partnership grounds me, you know, like I try to do everything alone because I'm this headstrong Aries, but it doesn't, you know, I need balance. Right. I need the other. Um, That's so fascinating because I feel like one of the things that I contemplate is what feels good or natural versus what I need mm. in opposition and what, you know, how to sort of find that balance. Mm -hmm. And so this is really interesting because as a Sagittarius, mm -hmm. I'm like taking a deep breath, you know, it's, yes. it's it's a lot. And then you couple it with all the other things in life when you look at, you know, your human design or, you know, other personality things or other, you know, self-awareness modalities. And mm -hmm. it is, a, you know, it's every energy is a unique energy, but I think that is really interesting to lean into. It's like what doesn't feel natural to us can sometimes be maybe ex exactly what we need. Yeah. Right. Am I having an aha right now? <laughs> I feel like you might be, but also like, you don't have to take this Gemini information, like hyper literally, because right. you're already practicing Gemini. You have a podcast, you talk with people all the time. Like you're already doing Gemini. You I know don't what even know what Gemini is. What is Gemini? I, I don't have anybody. Yeah. I've never even looked at it. That's what's so interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So this is totally new information. Yeah. Great. Gemini is, so if Sagittarius is the philosopher who kind of like sees the bigger vista and wants to talk about all of it, right? Right. Gemini is the one who hones in and goes and talks to the neighbors, you know, calls their mom, their friends, um, the, the one who's like the networker, who's really close to the ground, like close to what's going on versus Sag is kind of like, let's zoom out. Like, come on, let's get bigger. Gemini's like, no, no, no. We're going to get the most minutia you can handle. We're going to do. Um, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. And so it's less about like the Sagittarian sort of philosophy versus Gemini being the teacher or just the orator, orator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sagittarius might have the big ideals and the passion to get it done, but Gemini is 
going to do the dirty work of like talking to everybody and seeing how everybody feels and, you know, getting on the same page and meeting new people and connecting you with these people. And it's, it's very like worker bee, not it's lighter energy than worker mm-hmm, bee. It's mm-hmm. like worker butterfly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> you know, um, that is so interesting because the Sagittarius is right on. Like I love sort of like these big ideas or, you know, being super passionate about these certain things. And then I do feel like sometimes I struggle to drill down to a singular message or a singular action but when I do and I'm able to take this thing and I have been told before that being able to reflectively listen or synthesize is actually a really good skill of mine so it's sort of like combining those two things and then being able to pull something out or take an action or gather the information in a different way um, feels Mm. really good so yeah right on (laughs) yeah and like the soulful, well, everybody, I, I don't mean to create judgment when I say soulful. All I mean is like, we can be operating from our unconscious patterns and wounding, right. which is maybe when you see the more negative manifestations of your sign or anybody's sign. Um, but then versus the soulful, like more evolved version is, you know, just when you're acting with conscience. Gemini is the intellectual and the writer. So, you know, maybe you could lean on, do you like to write? I do. Or, yeah, uh-huh. that's Gemini. Um, and, you know, it's also very partnership based. Mm-hmm. So again, like the work you're doing with this is totally, I mean, it's like you are in community with someone like teaching and learning. Like that's pretty freaking Gemini. <laughs> yeah, it's And I love it. I, it's like a perfect place for me. It's fascinating. And I get to take, you know, certain pieces of it. So the sun is your personality, the essence, the quality of who you are. But mm-hmm. now I feel like I hear more and more people actively talking about their moon and their rising or ascendant. So can you share how you work with those and how people can know about those? The sun is what we've all learned, our sun sign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so I, I have a metaphor. It's my favorite metaphor. I use it to death. Um, so get ready. <laughs> it's imagine that your sun and moon and rising are all in a car and your sun sign is driving because your sun, it is your personality. It is like sort of the basis of who you are. I like to imagine it as the hanger that the rest of your like outfit hangs on. So it's sort of the skeleton of who you are, but it's not the most important element. Um, it's, it's meant to, to work in submission actually with the other two, with the moon and the rising. Oh, really? So that's why I like to bring in this car metaphor, because it's like, imagine that these three personalities, they're stuck in a car together. Right. And sun is driving because they're the ego. They have to be in charge. Um, and you know, I don't say that, well, I do say it to be a little dramatic, but it's, you know, our egos, like we don't want to serve our ego, but we do want to make it 
happy, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you can tell, I can tell when something is coming from an ego place. It, for me, it feels icky. You know, it's like you show up at something. I'll give you a perfect example. Yeah. Because your ego thinks it's the place that you should be or you don't want to be left out of something or you feel like you're going to regret not being there. That to me, this happened to me recently and, and I knew it going in and I let the ego take over and, and the energy felt off the whole time. And I, I knew it, I knew it, but that ego piece of, no, you need to be in this situation was stronger than whatever the opposite is <laughs> saying like, you know what, you know, this isn't right for you. You've got to let it go. It's not the right place. It's not the right time, et cetera. Mm, I love yeah. that example. So now I need to look at the Sagittarius through the lens of the ego right? To see where like the challenges would be. Yeah. So Sagittarius is driving. Um, and so the person in the passenger is your moon sign. And this is how you are on the inside. Um, it's like your emotional response system. So if I gave you some bad news or, you know, like if, this would be the most raw response that Mm. would come from you versus maybe the Sagittarius would try to mask it or anyone's ego would Mm -hmm. smooth it over. Oh, it's okay. It's fine. But the moon sign is the one that's really like, wait, that really upset me, you know, in whatever way. So it's more of an authentic self. Okay. Authentic self and vulnerable. Okay. Um, so sometimes it can be seen as like our, our secret side, our hidden side. Oh, okay. Because, you know, not everyone walks around open hearts club and right. <laughs> certainly don't have to. Um, so yeah, that's why it can be kind of like, that's why sometimes if you meet someone, let's say they're a Scorpio, so you expect them to be private, but they have this Aries moon, you know, Aries is like, my emotions are here. You know, it's like, right going to make them a much more intense person versus if they had like a Pisces moon where they'd be Mm -hmm. soft and quiet. Um, but anyway, to finish the metaphor, (laughs) um, so the person in the back seat is the rising sign. Do you happen to know your rising sign? It's Aquarius. Oh my God. Me too. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. And I have a Taurus moon. I love Taurus moon. Oh, you guys like, Hmm. It's a lot of emotion keeping us grounded, but you're very composed with it compared to others, at least in my experience. Oh, good. Oh, that's good to know. (laughs) You're like, I don't feel composed. (laughs) No, I do. I definitely. And I feel like, um, you know, that's been reflected back to me too, that there is a calming nature, a grounding nature. It's, it's feeling emotion. It's understanding emotion. yeah, you have to learn to work with it because I feel mm. like otherwise it can be like all over the place. But yeah. Mm, mm. Okay. So Aquarius is your rising sign. So mm-hmm. this means basically the rising sign. And this is only in my teaching and the woman I studied from initially. So if you Google this, you're going to get really conflicting advice. Um, okay. Just so you know. Yeah. Um, 
the rising sign is who you're rising to become. So it's sort of like this angel on your shoulder sort of idea. And that idea plays out in this car metaphor because Aquarius is sitting in the back seat, Sagittarius is driving, Taurus is in the passenger. But the idea is if we don't, if there's no awareness, if there's no soulfulness happening in this car, then the two people in the front seat, they're just going to be bickering. They're like, where are we? I don't know how to get there. You know, Sagittarius is like, I don't even want to be driving. Taurus should be driving. You know, like they're just like going at it. But the, when the wisdom comes in, we like to call this like the observer, when you're Mm -hmm. able to access your observer is when you can turn around and say, oh my gosh, there's someone in the backseat who hasn't said a word. Like, why don't we ask them? But the idea here is because the, the rising sign is a soulful influence, there's no ego whatsoever. So the person in the backseat is never going to assert themselves and say, I know where to go. You dum-dums, you know, like, listen to me, like, because it's just sort of this, like, you know, come what may sort of Buddha-esque presence. Um, So when you're able to get all these three personality types, like working in tandem and serving the person in the backseat, that's sort of my first teaching when I work with the client is like, okay, how's the backseat person doing? You know, like, are they acknowledged? Um, do you listen to that advice, that voice? So in terms of what you were saying about earlier, you know, you like had this sort of egoic moment, but it sounds like you heard that voice that was giving you conflicting advice. Um, So I would challenge you to next time that happens, well, A, to sort of tune into that advice, but B, to maybe see what kind of, like, what kind of advice is it? You know, if you study astrology more, does it align with Aquarius sort of archetypes? Like, where was that voice trying to push you in that moment? You know, like, how is it trying to get you to course correct? And how can you lean into that more next time? Mm. Uh, is this making sense? A hundred percent. It's what I'm, what's coming in is that the, the rising or ascendant is more of your higher self voice and the sun is because it's the, you know, the ego, it's the center of the world. It feels like everything's revolving around it is sort of wants to keep that energy flowing, but the higher self knows, knows the truth, knows a future that you can't see, knows potentially what is the next right move and learning to listen to that the same way you would learn to your, listen to your intuition. Um, so what is the Aquarius like top line themes? Cause that's your sun and your rising. Aquarius is just my rising. Oh, okay. But it's also my Saturn, which means it's my life lesson. So hence mm. it's like, and it rules my chart. So la la la. I'm just this big Aquarian. Um, <laughs> but the top line themes of Aquarius are honestly kind of what we're doing right now, like astrology, um, this totally out of the box 
thinking, mm. um, unconventional methods, whether that be healing or, you know, unconventional conversation topics, unconventional therapy, um, you know, Aquarius, it's sort of like it, rule breaker, but only because Aquarius energy is often ahead of its time. But that means, you know, if no one wants to hear your message, you, you know, you can't just exist in a vacuum, right. As an Aquarius. Right. Um, so it's about sort of coming back down to earth and finding a way to communicate, but Aquarians, I love that we're, you know, communicating together right now because the archetype of Aquarius is, um, a water bearer. So carrying a, a man, God, I don't really know mm-hmm. to be a woman, not sure, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, carrying a vessel of water, um, meaning that Aquarius is sort of the transmitter of information. So, you know, we are here to communicate, to make our message um, palatable or on the flip side, to embrace our weirdness. I can only speak for myself. Embrace. Oh, you are, you are literally like, I can't even tell you how much this is resonating with me that I have always felt like one foot in one foot out, always a little bit off, off, a little bit different, a little bit like quirky quirky or, you know, the, the finding the new thing, innovation, you know, my husband always teases me like why all your business ideas are things that people have never heard of before. All this new stuff is coming in when you're talking about the transmitter, the intuition, the human design, the channeling, I'm doing this energy art stuff, which is like, love that by the way. Oh, thank you. But it's, I can't even, I don't want to say I'm struggling with it. Cause I don't want to put that manifestation out there. It, it is a, interesting because it is a new thing that I'm trying to explain to people or verbalize to people. And some people like yourself or, you know, certainly other people in the community instantly get it and like have all the tingles and everything. But mm-hmm. I have to, it's such a good reminder to me that, of course, it's not going to land for everybody because it's new and it's different. And I'm, you know, sharing with someone like, oh yeah, so I read your energy and I get colors. And then I put that into an art form. Like that's not, yeah. Yeah. That's so Aquarian. Exactly. (laughs) But something to hold on to. I hope it gives you hope because it certainly gives me hope because I feel the exact same way. Oh my gosh. Like again, not to harp on career struggles, but it, it has been a little difficult to for me to break through and communicate with people and in a clear connecting connective sort of way. Anyways. Oh my God. Did I lose my point again? What? See, this is so Aquarius. It's like so <laughs> many thoughts. Oh my God. Like yes. Flooded. And then I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. But we just recently entered the age of Aquarius, which, you know, was a huge generational shift, right? Like hasn't happened in thousands of years. Right. So, and we're, we're not going to feel these effects. Like, it's not like you're going to wake up tomorrow and be like, Oh, age of Aquarius. Like it's very slow and it's on a collective scale. So obviously it's like, we're all being shifted into this at once, but 
I think in the coming years, our Aquarian gifts are going to be more valuable because it's going to become more of the collective consciousness. Like right now, sure. Maybe I feel like the odd bird sometimes a lot of the times, or, you know, sure. Maybe I feel like identifying as an astrologer is still something that gives me some, I catch some flack from some people. Right. But I, I really believe that with this generational shift, we're going to be the pioneers of this new way of living. And, you know, that's why Aquarius is given the gift of communication because we use our words to come back to people, to re-engage with them. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so good. And I think it's just such the perfect reminder for people who feel like they are passionate about something and and doing something where they are speaking a truth from their heart just because it's not landing at that moment with people does not mean that you are wrong yes that gave me I, I feel like I could cry right now because we base our rightness off of an external approval or appreciation or validation. And I know that we live in the world and money Mm. is a thing and followers are a thing and, and all the things that go into business. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I feel like there just needs to be more examples of people sharing the journey of, I talked about this for a year, two years, five years. I, I worked on this project for a period of time before anybody understood it, looked at it, et cetera. That doesn't mean that those people were wrong for that time. It doesn't mean that that was wasted time. You know, in fact, I've even heard people say like, if all the people are getting it right away, like you're maybe not pushing the envelope far enough, which I think is an interesting, an interesting thing to think about. This is in the terms of art, you know, which of course I am working through associating myself with, with artists and art world and creative and all those new identities, you know, circling back to how we started. Yes. I have heard, you know, for people saying the difference of something that's commercial versus, um, you know, in, in any art field or in any field like commercial versus innovative. In fact, I'm listening to Rick Rubin's book about creativity, which is so fascinating. And I think that I feel like I'm going to be listening to it a few times a year because it's just his voice is incredible. And it's just, it's a quick listen and it's very inspiring, but Mm -hmm. he, he also just continues to pepper it with reminders that like, you know, you are a creative being, you are a creative soul in all the different ways. And the reception of your work does not determine your level of brilliance or genius or creativity or anything. And, you know, Mm. work that you do, I just think it's so amazing that you're taking this very ancient wisdom 
which which I do feel like in my lifetime has become much more mainstream. I remember being little in the paper because we used to get a paper, but <laughs> the astrology. And that was basically the knowledge of astrology. And wow. now, I mean, it's amazing how yeah. much more information there is and so many different places to learn and type. Now there's like different types of astrology. I didn't know that. And you do mm -hmm. something wellness astrology and I <laughs> want to hear all about that. But it's just so amazing that this is like an opportunity to take something that is in existence and really weave your own magic into it and use your voice and your experience and your ideas and perceptions and et cetera, and create something new and, and more, um, you know, beneficial in some ways. Cause I, you know, listening to you talk, I'm like, Oh, all right. I got it now. Like I have a whole new way of looking at life from a three minute description. Oh my gosh. You flatter me. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, it's, I fully agree with you about needing to have more examples of, you know, the creative struggle because it, yeah, it has been a, a mind game for one, but it's, it's been so rewarding. It's like, that is a big take-home message of Aquarius is just to literally like let your freak flag fly and I wouldn't say I've fully mastered that, but stepping more into that and just being like, yeah, I'm weird, period. You know, like I don't need to feel bad about it. I don't need to allow people to shame me for it. I don't need to, you know, whatever, whatever is going to happen. Um, but it just, it feels so empowering to be able to you know, speak this far out language and have it really land with people and have it really, you know, one of my favorite things in the world is working with clients one-on-one -on -one and seeing their transformation, you know, like I think a lot of, that's why I've been struggling to define my brand is, and I'm sure you can relate too. It's like, what am I doing? Is it transformation coach? Sometimes it's therapy. I'm not a trained therapist, but you know, I hold space, you know, what does that mean? Like, you know, it's just like so many conflicting elements, but coming together to create something new and innovative, which can really help people. I think so many of us do so many different things um, yes. that you want your title to be broad enough that it feels all encompassing, mm -hmm. but also you want people to know what you do. And that's like the whole niche thing. I always am like, okay, I'm going to niche down. And then I'm like, no, I want to go broader. <laughs> you know? Dude, I could talk about this all day. There's so many struggles with it for me. It's like so complex. I mean, I think it's the reason it's, hard just as a baseline is because it's like we're these intuitive empath types we're not or I'll speak for myself I'm not in super excited about brainstorming about branding and how to reach the consumer you know I I'm just like why can't I just be my weird self and it'll work right and have people come I feel that <laughs> yeah. way too I mean, I love the marketing stuff that's my background and the business stuff I always find super fun. Mm. up until the point of the selling. 
Like I can promote and create from behind the curtain. The curtain. <laughs> and then when you're like, oh, okay, so this is what I do. And oh yeah, you should buy one of these for me. It's like, I'm waiting <laughs> yeah. for the word of mouth to just take off. I feel you a hundred percent, but we'll get there. It's I know. a process. I know. I met with somebody yesterday who is a stylist. And she does personal styling and also works for productions, commercials, et cetera, et cetera. And she owned a store and she does all these things, but she's been doing it for 20 years. So it's just such a reminder that, yes, of course, the business seems seamless and easy now because she has done all these different things over this period of time and built her, you know, reputation and relationships and et cetera. And we're just so stuck in what we view as the modern day success of you come out with a thing, it goes viral, a million orders come in the door. And that, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that is the case for some people, but don't you think that's like the teeniest, tiniest percentage? Yes, a (laughs) hundred percent. And that's what we see, or like, that's what I hyper fixate on, which is not smart, (laughs) you know? And, but I love that reminder of like 20, 20 years, like that's so humbling, you know, know. and she's continued to evolve and add more things and change things and shift things. One Aquarius note, I forgot to mention for your benefit as well, is that Aquarius is the humanitarian. So uh, it's, it's like service on behalf of the group. And, you know, I think what we're both doing falls into that realm. Like think about, first of all, the internet is incredibly Aquarian. So it's, it's like you have this clubhouse that anyone has access to. There's no password unless you have a private account, (laughs) you know, like, so if you just put out all this content, everybody can be in your club, even if they don't follow you or if they don't engage with you like they're still kind of energetically there and that is just peak Aquarius because Aquarius wants the whole group to benefit right we're carrying this the water of knowledge and we're pouring it for everyone um so yeah (laughs) amazing no I just think it's I love all of the benefits of this type of information. I just think that it's it's limitless, not only because we can do this deep dive on ourselves and really understand our chart, but then when you couple it with what's happening in the collective or what's happening, you know, from day to day in the stars with the planets, with these other things, it just gives you such an interesting lens for which to, to view things. And yeah, I totally agree with you. I feel like the, the age of trying to fit in or worrying what other people think or what's going to happen if I say this, I mean, I feel like we all just need to um, move past it. My son is an Aquarius son, so I'm also taking in all this information. Um, yeah. But and again, it's not it doesn't have to rule you. You don't have to let these these um these signs or these things define you fully, but how mm-hmm. can you capture 
the essence, like what can you learn from it? How can you, like you're saying, use this to live in a more soulful way? Mm, yes. 100%. And I think the obstacles are a big thing too. Again, I feel like knowing that my tendencies, my shadow or my negative or whatever tendencies that a sign contains, I think is just smart to understand like this is a this is a pitfall like this is a place where you just need to watch out yes a hundred percent and to me it's it's felt like quantum therapy so to speak because mm. it's like sure Ooh, quantum I- therapist maybe that's oh, the <laughs> did it just come out I'm writing it down <laughs> Oh my God. So funny. <laughs> I still have a, some insecurities around identifying as that though, without the, you know. I know, I know, black. I know. Um, but it is because we, we want to be of service so much that like, how can I say everything that I do in a three word phrase that lets you understand, which again, is really impossible because yes what we're doing is new, is different, is encompasses so many different things. I totally feel you on like, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. Like, how do I sum that up? So yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. But I think that's where the wellness astrology tagline, I, my intention is that it sort of ties everything together because I have done a good bit of studying of, you know, human design, which you mentioned earlier and, you know, meditation practices and active listening, like study the artist's way, like, you know, just sort of this compounding spiritual information, um, or Ayurveda. Like I love to study the body systems and so many, (laughs) so many fun, um, little topics, but Yeah. I like the term wellness astrology. Cause when I work with someone, I do try to tap into like, you know, okay, does this person need the human design download? Cause I know for me, when I learned about that information, mm-hmm. my whole world was turned upside down. Yeah. It's the best. Wait, what's your, um, what type are you? I'm a generator. What about oh, you? Manifesting generator. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving and grooving. My God, we sure are. How did you get into astrology to begin with? How did the passion go from, you Mm -hmm. know, interest to passion to something that you study? Mm -hmm. I love this question because it started out in an Aquarius way. And right, like I'm not trying to over-identify with the Aquarian (laughs) element, but it does ring true for me. So I was living in New York city. I was working, um, at a record label. I was doing music licensing and, you know, my boss, she was only a few years older than me. So we were basically just friends. Um, and we, we had a lot of creative clients. We were working primarily with musicians. Um, and, you know, we would always kind of talk about how did that meeting go? You know, what could go better next time? And the through line was always like, what are we going to talk about (laughs) these people? Or, you know, like I need some sort of easy, easy in. And I don't know how, but this astrologer's email popped up 
in my email one day as they are wont to do. Right. Um, so Chani Nicholas. Oh, I love. Yeah. But also Deborah Silverman, who uh-huh. is, you know, yeah. Deborah. Yes. I follow her too. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Deborah was my primary teacher. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah I had first heard her on somebody's podcast and she's like hysterical. Yeah. So funny. And I love <laughs> the way that she, she wasn't taking it seriously. I mean, it was, it was serious teaching, but her, her way of explaining everything and expressing everything, I was just found very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Started yeah. following her and then somebody else um, turned me on to Chani and I of course love her. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She's cool. Um, but yeah, I just had an email pop up one day and my boss and I were like, Ooh, we love astrology. So we started like reading them religiously. Then we started applying it to our coworkers and sending out email blasts. <laughs> like if you're a Sag, watch out for this this week. So my boss and I were, you know, talking about it all the time. And then she's like, you should just start bringing this into your client meetings because that's a great way to engage people and get them interested in working with us. And once I started doing that, I kind of realized, I was like, I think I'm a little more passionate about this than I am about music licensing. (laughs) Right. So I quit my job. I moved back to Atlanta, which is where I'm from. And I started online school with Deborah. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. I love that, that it was just sort of a random thing that popped up and you just followed the breadcrumbs of what excitement interest yeah and also just like um breakthrough or awakening you know Mm. like I never at least from Deborah's teaching because of her extensive background as a psychotherapist I was like where is she getting this info? You know, like I feel so seen and so comforted, honestly. Um, just from a mental health perspective, it was really like something I needed at the time and continue to need. But, you know, at that moment, it was really like, oh my gosh, I've never felt this seen and accepted. Um, so it was really, really big for my personal development. And, you know, I'm, I'm super excited to be doing this work. I, I consider it to be like a lifelong path at this point. And, you know, it's a lifelong study. Um, as you touched on earlier, like there's so many different ways to learn astrology and to teach it. And I mean, it it is, as you said, literally limitless. So that's what gives me drive to wake up in the morning and do this work is the knowing the sky's the limit, you know, like, and not to become obsessed on like perfecting my craft, but more so like, how can I get a more well-rounded approach to this? You know, like some people are hyper-specific with their transits. They can tell you when you need to move, when you need to get a haircut. I don't work like that, but I aspire to, you know, just because I can't give you that information today doesn't mean I can't learn it in the next five years. So it's, it's really exciting to sort of have limitless possibilities. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think it's so interesting too, that there's just so many different areas of it. 
And then also there's things happening that are repeated because there's things that happen on a cycle every year that are very predictable, Mm -hmm. coupled with things that are happening for the very first time, right? Or things Mm -hmm. that haven't happened for 300 years, 500 years, 20 years, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and looking at how that affects us personally, how that affects us as a collective. I mean, it's really just such a rich modality and there's so many things that are untapped. And I do think that it's easy to get lost or feel overwhelmed. And, you know, a few of the people that I follow, I I feel like I have to work hard to pull out the information. So Mm. I love that you know, when you are able to take this concept and bring it into something that's more relatable or every day, you know, when people talk Mm -hmm. about the transits or quintile, or I don't even know if that's right. I'm like, I I don't know what that means. Tell me what is happening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate that because I do work hard at that, you know, because when I first started, I was totally astrology speak all day until I realized that I was just talking at people and not really getting, you know, not really helping them more so overwhelming them, which is exactly what you said. And, you know, and I can speak to that because that is a lot of, you know, I learned from Deborah, but I also did a lot of self-study And unfortunately, what that meant was that I just dumped data over my head, you know, and then was like, oh my God, is this true for me? I don't know. Is this true for me? I don't know. You know, it was like a very exhaustive process. um, And I don't recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) Like learn from my experience. Don't try this at home. (laughs) Right, right. Because it is. And I feel the same way with human design. I mean, the less, the sessions that I do, you know, really stick to most of the basics because you could, you know, in in that people do what's happening, you know, every few days in the, Mm -hmm. in this system and going into each gate and each planet. And I mean, you could go on forever. And then people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. And this isn't meaningful. And meanwhile, people are not even following their strategy or an authority. So yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. totally with you on that. Yeah, that part. For sure. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that myself. I did the same <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. With learning, you know, human design, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to read every single gay. And like, do I remember? No, 2%. yeah. I feel like that as a tool is great. It's great in a lot of practical things and to like layer on to other things. Um, so, but again, it's a, it's a tool in your toolbox. Um, and I'm sure you, you know, have a lot of people coming to you with astrology things where it's like, okay, let's lay out the entire year. And it's okay. Well, there's other things that are going to happen besides what, what you see in the stars. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like that resonates on a deep level because my goal in talking to a client is to empower them to take control of their own life. Right. So with the car metaphor, it's like, you're driving the car, not me, you know, like you can call me and get advice, but you're in that car with those three personalities inside your head all the time. I want to empower you to be able to work seamlessly within 
that vehicle, right? Versus I feel like when people come to me, like, you know, here's my whole year, tell me what to do. I'm like, it does feel a little disempowered. Like, Mm. you know, I can, and I, I don't say this to, you know, put out a sweeping claim, like, no transits in astrology. Cause I don't mean that. What I mean though, is my, my, my primary focus in this work, forget the transits. I want you to know who, how you're showing up. Then you can understand how you're showing up in relation to everyone else. Mm. So that when there's friction, you can understand, it doesn't have to be a judgment thing. It can be a, Oh, you know, that's her Aries, like maybe getting a little too mad or that's her cancer, you know, like a little too passive aggressive, like, okay, got it. Like nobody's perfect. Right. We're all mm-hmm. working with our stuff. Um, so I definitely, you know, I find a lot of value in the transits, but I do agree that it's like, I think there should be a core understanding of mm-hmm. this work before you just like sort of dive sight unseen into it's like it's almost like you're following blind instructions for how to live your next year right oh I that totally resonates with me and right I feel like there can almost be a little bit of bypassing that happens where you're looking at what's coming in the future without stepping into your present if that makes sense Yes, because 100%. who you are from an astrological perspective is is the essence of how you're going to be experiencing things. So if you don't understand that, knowing that on Wednesday it's a good day for talking about partnerships, what does that mean? Right, right, right. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, say it louder. (laughs) Yeah. So is that how you work with people that first it's sort of like the deep dive into their chart and then it's taking their chart as like a wider perspective in relation to maybe intimate relationships or the collective and then like, okay, what, how do you show up as it relates to the global situation? Yeah. I like to focus definitely in the first session, always bring in that car metaphor, mm-hmm. see how that lands, like process that. Um, we do talk about Saturn in the first session because Saturn is really important. Saturn represents your life lesson. Um, it, it not necessarily a fun lesson or an easy lesson or an obvious lesson in some cases. So that can be a big download for people. Okay. Um, and then with Saturn, there's a timing element to Saturn. So that's when I will start to bring in dates mm-hmm. because sometimes that will nab the skeptics. Um, you know, Saturn is right, a for Saturn of- return. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Saturn square, Saturn opposition, it basically, it affects our chart every seven years. Um, the seven year itch proverbially. Oh, that's okay. Um, so that's when I start to bring in sort of some timing to, you know, to help get the skeptics on board. It's like, what was happening in this seven year period or, you know, after the seven year mm-hmm. period. 
Um, but I will say it is a sort of delicate balancing act because a lot of people, I, a lot of potential clients I encountered, they want, they want to be told what's happening next Wednesday and what to say in that relationship conversation. Right. So it's like, it's, um, a balance of giving people what they want versus what I think they need. (laughs) No, I totally understand. Right. It's like, and you're using all of your training plus your empathic intuitive skills to sort of create that very personal, unique experience for people. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, yeah, I prefer, I like to meet on zoom um, face-to-face is good. And we just, we dive in and it's really fun. And, you know, the, for me, this is lifelong work. So that is sort of the message I like to give to my clients that can sound intense though. You know, it's like, I don't mean to say like, work with me forever. It's right. (laughs) It's like, you know, some people will be like, oh, I know my sun, moon rising. So am I good? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it depends on you, you know, like it's sort of this, the chart, your chart is like an endless, limitless, again, thing to dive into, to keep exploring. It gets richer with time. Right. It's like compounding interest. Like it, the more knowledge you have, the more you can get out of it, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Oh, absolutely. And also the fact, like you're saying about Saturn, that at different times in your life, there are going to be different things that have varying degrees of influence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So how do you, do you just have your chart memorized or are you always referring back to it to be like, oh, right. in Mercury, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Oh, I totally refer to it um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, charts are complex, Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of details and, you know, like, for example, the um, workshop we met at with Vesta, which is- Which I had never heard of before. Yeah. And that's normal because Vesta is like an asteroid. It doesn't show up on the chart unless you specifically input that it Mm -hmm. will. So, you know, it's like, it can be really fun. Like I like to do astrology on myself and, you know, oh, I want to learn about this new asteroid. How does it affect me? And then, you know, take that info out and help others. But yeah, I definitely don't have it memorized. (laughs) Well, and then I always get confused going into the houses. So houses this is a level it's an intermediate mm-hmm. um, astrology sort of teaching i definitely don't suggest that the new astrologer dives into houses and is like you know googling googling it to the ends of the earth because that's when you get the data overwhelmed right right i'm like this is in third house what is the third yeah i i, I get lost yeah the simplest way I can break it down for you is that there's 12 houses and there's 12 zodiacs or signs, right? So each house corresponds with its same sign. So 
Sagittarius is the ninth sign, which means that Sagittarius is the ninth house. So they all directly relate like that. Obviously, there's much more nuanced levels to interpretation, but just for simple chart interpretation, if you see someone's chart and they have five planets in the first house, what is the first sign? Aries. So even if they have five Sagittarius planets, they're still going to have this huge Aries energy, like the secret Aries, because it's all in the first house. Does that make sense? Yeah. So each house has a different theme or, or properties or qualities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way the houses work is they, it's more so like an area of life that's affected. So it's not as simple as saying, you know, you have planets in the first house, therefore you're in Aries it more so draws on Aries qualities. So the first house deals with yourself, your identity, your physical body, how you're showing up, you know, how do you view yourself? What is your identity? Can you tell me clearly? You know, like all these sort of questions. Um, And then, you know, you move to the second house, Taurus, which deals with finances, um, our value system, literally how we receive money, how we talk about money, how we think about money. Then we move to Gemini. Run to go see the second house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, second house, where are you at? <laughs> where are you at? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, does that help? Yes, it's, absolutely. It's yeah. More yeah. so areas of life, but the areas of life are going to have those astrological sign influences like overlaid on them. Right. And again, that's like level two, three, four, et cetera. First mm-hmm. it's, what do you call it? Like the triad of, of signs. Yeah. Sun, moon rising, like just focus on that. Mm-hmm. If you're really excited. You can maybe go into Mercury and Saturn. Um, the North node is really fun, but that's even more like I want to say pie in the sky. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, then I hear about Chiron for the first time. And I feel like I spent a week deep diving on Chiron. I'm like, wait, it's the wounded warrior. I got to go find all about this. <laughs> <laughs> and see, in my system, I don't even account for Chiron. I don't even talk about Chiron. Wow. Wait, so when you say your system, what does that mean? Well, this is the system I learned from Deborah and then put my own spin on. It's... It's just the planets I choose to address and choose to give more weight to versus others. So, you know, Saturn is a heavy hitter. Um, I really like Mercury. I find Mercury to be fascinating because that's how we communicate. It's how we think. So, you know, with this Mercury retrograde, when I don't know about you, but I've been having a lot of missed communications, but it's a good chance for me to think about, oh, you know, here's my Mercury in Aries, like probably being too rash or, you know, thinking before I, not thinking before I speak, you know, like, okay, time to dial it back a little and calm down a little. Um, So I love, I love Mercury for diving into the chart. But yeah, I guess when I say like my method, 
I say that to differentiate because so people like Chani Nicholas, she looks at the chart. She uses a completely different house system. So, you know, I couldn't even begin to interpret your chart through her system. It's not what I've studied. It's not what I've been trained in. There's basically a million different ways to look at the chart. And it's just kind of whichever one you choose to hone in on and focus on is the one you should probably stick with just to avoid confusion. I feel like that makes me love this modality even more because I am all about personalization. Mm. I love the idea of this is what I've learned. This is how I see it, feel it, experience it. And that's one of the reasons why after I first studied human design, you know, both with a teacher and self-study, you know, similar to you, it took me a minute to sort of figure my own way because it's also can be very structured and you're, and you're learning all these things and it's a whole new language and et cetera. Mm -hmm. But I've, you know, over the course of, you know, the years that I've been doing it have learned to be more comfortable with my own and interpretation of the of the facts I'm not creating facts but mm -hmm. how that how I communicate that how I feel like I can best serve somebody with that information and I feel like in that process of of doing that of learning how to do that that has been so empowering to me with everything because that was really the first system in quotes that I've learned I mean I've done you know, various different trainings. I've did, I've been a certified wellness coach. I've done compassion training. Like I've done different trainings, but those have always been all about doing your own thing. But I feel like learning a system, human design, astrology, things like that, where it's sort of like, there's a chart with information. Now what mm -hmm. is really you can go in so many different ways. And there's a lot of people who are very by the book and they follow a certain way. And I think maybe based on their sign, that feels good to them. <laughs> but I love that you're talking about this because I do feel like that's a place. And I talk to you know, clients and other solopreneurs in the community all the time about, well, I do this and I do this and I do this. And is it okay? Like, how do I call my sessions? And is it okay that I'm mixing the Akashic records with intuition, with business? And it's like, yeah, yeah. that's what we're here to do is to take all these things. And so I'm so grateful for you sharing that like when you're doing this work, part of what makes it your work is the you part of it <laughs> and like what resonates with you. And so- Chiron is not something that you, you know, is as important to you. And again, like you're saying five years from now, maybe that's what you're going to be talking about all the time. Maybe not. It doesn't matter what yes. it is, but I love, I just love that you're talking about that. And that example, I think is so important and powerful that we don't have to know all the things, mm -hmm. number one, mm -hmm. and what resonates with you and feels good to you and, and is meaningful and impactful to you is like the place to start with helping other people like Saturn and Mercury are like, obviously super relevant to you. And of course they're super relevant to other people. 
Yeah. Thank you for, you know, acknowledging that. Like it, it definitely feels good to be in a more grounded place. Cause you know, when I first started this work, I, I did want to learn everything. And I did think that that was reasonable until I <laughs> overwhelmed my own system. Right? right. And then that turns people off. I think that happens a lot and people don't even recognize, or it's like, you get a certification, you take a class and then it's like, well, I'm not doing it right. Or I don't know how to use it or et cetera. And then you're like quickly move on to the next thing versus like, okay, how can I pull back or how can I rework this thing that I already have? We have so much knowledge that we are not even using in like the most efficient, effective way. Yes. Oh my gosh. Preach. Freaking preach. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think as I continue this work, it'll just be a process of refining, you know, um, I already sometimes struggle with feeling like I give clients too much information to begin with. You know, it's like, I already kind of overwhelm people. I'm working on that. So it's like the less is more approach, but it kind of negates that approach sort of negates what astrology is all about, right? Like there's a million planets right. all affect you. <laughs> but I'm Go only going to talk about one, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going to leave y'all wanting more. Right. Know? All the things. Like um, I'm so not trying to gatekeep information. It's just, I'm trying to protect you. <laughs> right. If you want it to be, I mean, I, the point is that it's useful, that it's relevant. And I do think that there's something that happens when, for me, when it's too much information, like the brain just like shuts down. Yeah. yeah. Can't do it. Right. Tell everybody how they can find you and work with you and learn from you. Cause I can't even believe how many nuggets I have in this conversation already. So I can't even imagine how incredible sessions and, and things are with you. Oh, you're sweet. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at astrofem. There's two underscores afterwards, astrofem underscore underscore. And we can chat about booking a session. I'm offering them only on the weekends right now, but I do do private events. So like graduation parties, birthday parties, bachelorette parties. Those are really fun. Um, you can go to my website, www.astrofem.com. I have a booking form there, or you can just email me. And yeah, I'd love to get in touch. I just started a Patreon. So if you want to tune into that, I'm going to um, start doing weekly horoscopes for very small fee. Um, oh, I love that. That's something yeah. I've been thinking about forever doing like a Patreon, a Substack, a something, and I just keep kicking the can on it. So we'll have to chat more about that. <laughs> we definitely should. And I just saying love Patreon, great interface, super intuitive. So Ooh. from- Okay. My nerd side, I highly recommend Patreon. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just all about the easy. Like I have, and again, like you, it's like, I've got all this stuff and I just need a warehouse to, to distribute yeah. it. Like yes. just input it. And yeah. Um, 100%. Oh my God. Yeah, I love so. that. Well, thank you so much for your time and your energy and your wisdom. I started this call feeling all the angst after all the things. And I know there's like all the energy happening in the physical, 
in the cosmos and I feel so much more grounded and so inspired. Mm -hmm. I feel like I definitely want to spend like multiple hours this weekend looking at my chart. <laughs> so if I ping you a few times. <laughs> yeah, please hit me up. Well, and I so appreciate you giving me this opportunity. It was a joy to talk with you and get to know you a little bit better. And I'm excited for our solopreneur con connection. I know. I love it. Me too. Thank you all so much for listening to the Open to Alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, at open.to.alchemy. That's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.